improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host Dr Martin Harvey. I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. Today on Under the Influence I'm joined by Dr Brad Glowacki. So Brad is a practicing chiropractor, he's a coach, he's a previous podcast guest, he's a really good friend of mine. He's a philanthropist, he's a big supporter of important institutions, so he's a supporter of the Scotland College of Chiropractic that I'm on the board of, he's a big supporter of the Australian Spinal Research Foundation that I used to be the president of, and he's just a big supporter of chiropractic generally. He's a super hardworking guy, he's a fun guy, and he's a super generous guy, and that generosity is certainly demonstrated in the chat that I have with Brad today. He is very generous with explaining his thinking behind how we create impact and influence in our community, how we grow our practice. It's a really fascinating discussion, and this is one of those ones where I sort of think you probably want to listen to it a couple of times, because there's a lot of, of concepts that Brad shares that we unpack that I think if you apply them it's going to make a big impact in your practice and it's really that application that is the critical thing. I was going back through a few of James Clear's newsletters and came across a really important quote where he says the world seems to be accustomed to delaying gratification less and less which means the rewards of delaying gratification grow more and more. So apply that to the information you're going to get from today's chat. If you can do the work to set your practice and your communication up to be just that little bit better, it's going to position you to be just that little bit better than everybody else who's competing for the attention of the people in your community. So I'm going to challenge you to, at the end of today's episode, look to see what is the one thing that I can apply this week from this podcast that is going to help me grow, help my practice grow. So a couple of announcements, Uh, getting close to 100 episodes. So I'd love to hear what you like about the podcast, what you don't like about the podcast. Um, Let me know who your favorite guest has been on the podcast and anything you'd like me to address or cover in the next hundred episodes. Um, I'd also ask to, like to ask you another favor. If you're enjoying the podcast, can you please uh, leave a uh, review uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts? It's a really powerful way of communicating to people who are looking for podcasts that it's a good thing to listen to. Uh, If you're wanting to go deeper in your understanding of the power of communication, I will be presenting my retention skills workshop, which is a really phenomenal way of giving you the skills, the strategies, the confidence to be able to communicate the value of chiropractic to people. Um, It's an immersive workshop and it's going to be June the 9th in Edinburgh. It's as part of the Edinburgh lectures. So June the 9th is the Friday. That's when I do the one day workshop. June the 10th is the Edinburgh lectures, which is a fantastic conference. 
I'll be speaking, Brad Glacky will be speaking, Bismai Schoenfelder will be speaking, no Nona Javid will be speaking, Amanda Applebat, Aaron Morris, Skip Weiss, who we spoke to last week on the podcast, Melissa Sanford and Bettina Tornatora. So an amazing lineup of speakers that you're going to be able to learn and grow from. So hope to see you there both for my one day workshop and for the whole uh, Edinburgh lecture. It's going to be phenomenal. If you want something online, uh, we're going to recommend the Certainty 2.0 and Retention Recipe 2.0, both online programs. I've spoken about them a lot on the podcast before, so I'm going to skip that this time, but there are links in the show notes. So if you want to invest in growing yourself to grow your practice, I would strongly recommend that you check them out. So with all those announcements out of the way, please welcome to the podcast, the amazing Dr. Brad Glowacki. Hey, Brad, great to see you. Good to see you too, Martin. Thanks for having me back. Ah, thanks for being back. And I'm not often welcome back, so this is good. <laughs> yeah, exception to the rule makes the rule. So, uh, yeah, let's <laughs> see. Catching up to Craig, I think Craig has been on the uh, podcast the most of any return guests. So I think we just need to do a few back-to-back to take that smug look off his face and as the uh, the most frequent guest sounds good to me yeah but again just being Excellent. welcome back this is this is a new feeling for me so i'm excited <laughs> so thanks for making the time because i know i've caught you kind of right in the busy in the middle of a busy period and you've been doing lots of seminars and you're about to uh, travel again and we've sort of carved out a little bit of time but i was super excited with some of the stuff that you've been doing um, with elite athletes generally over your career, you've taken care of a lot of them very much within our sort of performance, prevention and performance kind of paradigm rather than the mm-hmm. taping ankles, stretching hamstrings kind of model of sports chiropractic. Right. Right. Um, but you've done a couple of really interesting things lately. Did you want to maybe just give a bit of background to that and then we can share more about it with the audience? Sure. So, you know, Humbly, I would tell you, we have taken care of a lot of pro athletes. That's not the the basis of my practice. You know, that's not um, going to pay my bills with just the athletes we take care of. It's a family-based practice. Um, we have kids in the practice. We have people of all different ages. I am proud to share that, you know, a lot of the athletes we take care of bring us their children. So kind of that pain prevention performance model really applies to everyone. Um, But one of the particular athletes was uh, Marvin Hall, who's a wide receiver for the NFL. And we did a a pre and post um, kind of video with him, really, that was just based on a reaction time study of special forces and um, what a difference one adjustment can make. And I just thought, what a cool way to highlight it. So we shot a video and just threw it up on Instagram. And the thing's kind of gone crazy. I mean, it's gone viral with the views and the popularity. But it really highlights, you know, the performance side of what chiropractic care does and whether or not chiropractors have seen it illustrated that way or believe it. It's happening with every adjustment. So twofold. One is to bring some of the NFL notoriety and celebrity, if you will, to the profession. And two is to kind of boost the confidence of the everyday chiropractor. And and I'm one of them. I'm an everyday chiropractor. I'm not a chiropractor for any sports teams. We just have athletes that come to see me. Yeah, that's awesome. And a a couple of things that I thought were super impressive in the way that you did that was you combined a lot of things that are important important from a communication perspective into one kind of idea, one package. 
first one is the idea that we've spoken about a lot, which is that if we're looking at creating authority for chiropractic or authority for ourselves or authority for our practice, there's a few things that people look to to see, is this somebody that I should trust? And one of those elements is that science is the currency of influence. And so you uh, reference some of the research that Heidi Horvick and her group have done in terms of the impact of chiropractic care on um, on uh, joint position sense and those sort of areas. So that disaffrontation model, but then you turn it into something that's an experience both for the player and for the patient and for people watching it, which is you kind of demonstrate reaction time uh, in a really clever way. Did you want to maybe explain what you did to to measure uh, pre and post reaction time? Yeah. So what we did was, you know, I've, I've heard this years ago, I was a biology major in undergrad and I got my bachelor of science in biology. And, and, and when I was in undergrad at the university of Delaware, um, a lot of it was microbiology and under a microscope and I didn't love it, but I knew I wanted to be a chiropractor. So I understood a lot of the basic sciences. DuPont was a big a biochemistry firm down the street. So they had a lot of influence in our curriculum and they were super rigid in the science we did in undergrad, which to be honest, I didn't always appreciate. It was kind of like, yeah, but let's talk about more of the biology instead of the microbiology. Um, mm -hmm. But I definitely understood, you know, a sample size uh, of one isn't your best for a scientific study. A minimum of three is usually good. So are we, are we going medium large, extra large. So we're trending up or is it large, medium, small, we're trending down. Like you kind of need a sample size of three. So in that study, what I did is I basically had him drop uh, an American football from his forehead with his hands behind his back and he was to catch it. And we did five drops pre-adjustment. And then we did the exact same spot, the exact same placement, exact same instruction. And we dropped it five times post-adjustment just to see the difference. And I knew this study pretty well to where it was about 0.1 second would be the reaction time, which is just enough that the first time around, I think he caught one of five balls. We adjusted him and then he caught five out of five. So you know, <laughs> just to kind of complete the study, it was, it was an aha moment for him, but hopefully for the viewers as well. Yeah. And I think that's probably the second element that I want to uh, tease out of there is we often talk about that hierarchy give influence that we've got a belief system around um, that the nervous system is the central control system and that if you have chiropractic care that it's an opportunity to improve the quality of brain to body and body to brain and that has all sorts of implication it helps you do everything that you do at a better level sure. it's a belief system that you know we sort of percolate in it we're in it the whole time and it's a pretty radical concept for people out there who are yeah. kind of in a culture that the important things when it comes to health and performance are genes and germs and uh, luck. And so, that, you know, he's they can look at his performance on the field and go, oh, no, he's just a genetically gifted person. That has no application right. to me. But what you're doing there is not only creating a... And so if we want people to change their beliefs... We want to use more impactful things. And so things that we say when we're talking about the power that made the body heals the body or chiropractic cares about optimizing your bodily function, if they don't already believe that, it's kind of a pretty piss weak way of trying to change their beliefs. It's just going to bounce off. Whereas if we have that 
thing that they experience something that's undeniable. Like I, he has that thing of I'm dropping four out of five and it's my job to catch these, uh, this, uh, to to be able to do this, but then immediately post adjustment, he can do that. That's an experience for him and anybody who's watching it, it's an experience by proxy. They're seeing that uh, undeniable evidence and going, wow, what does that mean for me? Maybe I have this imbalance that you know, I'm not paid to catch footballs, but I have a whole lot of other things that rely on my body being able to run itself properly. Yeah, and, and really to succinctly kind of get that point across for the listeners is telling is one of the worst ways to educate experiencing is the best way. So there, there is certainly a hierarchy, right? And you and I have talked about this over a cup of coffee. We've had some laughs and beers on vacation together and Cabo discussing this point, like the more you can make it an experience, the better it is. Um, and the idea of pre-framing and pre-setting and, you know, minimum of three and all that stuff really was to just have them experience it. You know, and if it was one ball drop and then another ball drop and it's like, all right, so was it luck or bad genes or, you know, I had something yeah. in my eye. You know, so it yeah. leaves itself open to skepticism. But you're right. The highest level of learning is the experience and probably the lowest level of learning is talking at someone and just yeah. assuming that we said it, they got it. Or as we yeah. like to do, unfortunately, in our profession, it's like, you know, just say it louder. I'm like, no, nah, that's <laughs> <laughs> say the same thing but louder i'm like have you ever been in an argument with your spouse try it see how yeah. it goes you know you'll be missing yeah. some teeth yeah and that's awesome but, but i love your missing point the teeth, I love, but... right right but i love your point about uh by proxy you know really the video as much as i was trying to bring some attention to the profession was also to boost the confidence of the people watching and going hey by proxy can you see how this works? And again, whether or not you've ever done this or ever seen this, it's happening with your adjustments. Uh, and I was yeah. super conscientious when we put that video together. It's not a promotion for my practice. It's not a promotion for me. It's not, you got to do Brad's special technique. Cause I know you're aware of my special technique. It's called diversity. Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so it's just like, like just no ego. Let's just pull that out of the mix and it's way better for the profession. So um, that was the goal, but I think you articulated that really well by proxy. I wanted people to see it and feel confident themselves in their own care. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, I think that thing, I really want to uh, sort of double click on that idea of, um, in terms of confidence for chiropractors I think sometimes because the adjustment has this powerful neurological impact but you don't necessarily get that immediate feedback every time in terms of you're not doing that pre and post test in that performance sort of environment all the time I think sometimes chiropractors can lose confidence in the, the impact that they're having because they're and so they look for that well, you know, this guy's a diplomat in this or he's a sports chiropractor and he's done this advanced training and they lose sight of the fact that while those things can have value and benefit, kind of 98% of the impact that you're going to have is just in your ability to detect a subluxation, apply a corrective force and just bread and butter, doing the adjustment is way more powerful than any of the other little uh, added frosting on the cake that you might choose to add in terms of these advanced programs, that they're not the the big piece of the, the puzzle. The big piece of the puzzle is just that check people, adjust them, 
do a pre and post test in the chiropractic context and you are delivering the value that you are then highlighting through that um, extra testing that you're doing in this specific yeah. scenario. Yeah. Is this where you want me to talk about my special sports training and my diplomats and all that stuff? Because yeah, I have because I because I have none. <laughs> yeah. So again, yeah. this is this should be a real confidence booster for your listeners. So my special training is I'm a chiropractor. And I think that's enough. Yeah, and again, you know, to your point, like not to take away from people that have done the extra training, um, but most people don't care. You know, you have a lot of letters yeah. after your name. Can you help me? Do you care about yeah. me? It, it ultimately comes back to that. And I know I'm not the first person to, to say that, um, but it's the truth. These high level people, can you help me? And do you care about me? And they assume because I'm a doctor of chiropractic, I know what I'm talking about. And so again, if somebody has the extra diplomats, that's great. But for everybody else, this is an inclusive conversation Martin and I are, are sharing with you. You can do this too. And I, and the other thing I want to point out is just, I love when you say double click. <laughs> I think I stole that from somebody else. I can't remember who it was. Oh, it's okay. great. Yeah. I just, I, oh, like, I want to double click. I'm like, oh, good. I was hoping for the double click. It's like the double bonus click. round. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Double click. <laughs> yeah. You, you, this is a double click episode. We've double clicked yeah. on the original Brad Glowacki. Take that, Craig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so even though this is one episode, I got to double click. Take that, Craig. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, actually, one other thing that you're saying there that I think is really important to reiterate here is, yes, you're demonstrating the value of care, but you said something that I think is really important in that idea of retention, which is that sort of cluster of ideas that people buy you before they buy what you're delivering, what your product is, what your message is, any of those sort of things. They look at it, do I know, like, and trust you? Are you somebody who is credible? And part of that credibility can come from leveraging the value of science like you, you do, and also leveraging the authority of uh, athletes as the sort of exemplar of uh, performance lifestyle. And also sort of speaks, though, you were saying that the athletes bring their kids to you. Now, the, the kids aren't coming to you because you can help them catch a football better. They're coming because the parents know, like, and trust you. And there's that kind of emotional component where I think the figure is, you know, across all businesses, 68% of people leave a business because of perceived or real indifference. And yes, you can demonstrate, there's these sort of strategies of demonstrating what you're delivering, um, whether it's a reaction time or say, I would place a lot of emphasis on balance testing as making that neurological piece of the puzzle louder. And that's only going to have an impact if you've got those soft personal skills of connection of demonstrating that you you care and it's the same for a professional athlete right and and you know uh this idea of bringing the children in just to be clear for the listeners it's not a condition specific reason it's because kids would benefit under chiropractic care and illustrated by the dropping of the ball um, the nervous system is functioning at a better level now we found a way to show that to them and bring it to the surface and certainly create the highest level of learning which is the experience but off of that you have a lot of trust and credibility you can leverage and so when i say you should bring your kids in most of the time they go okay and then later they'll say what for and again, it's not condition specific. It's not like they have to have a thing wrong with them. It's because we made you function better. Let's make them function better. You know, and and to me, it's total authority. It gets you outside of the box. It can, it really um, shatters the comparative model of how is this different than medicine. It's like we're just we're in a whole different category. That's you know, 
allopathic is one thing, or as we like to say, allopathetic. Um, but the idea is what we do is different as chiropractors. And to me, own your differences. And if you can illustrate that, then they don't even need a condition to bring their kids in. If it's good for them, it's good for the kids. And to me, a lot of this is old school chiropractic. It's the OG of, of the green books, which is the, the nervous system functions better. You know, as the twig grows, so grows the tree. I mean, that's a 70 year old quote in chiropractic and it still applies today and, and because people get it. You know, and I think the difficulty now is um, how do we connect more with people? So that's why I'm super grateful for your podcast is it's about connection, which is communication. It's about building that trust. And I think that has and, and continues to be the missing link in chiropractic. Not that we can't deliver results or that we aren't accumulating science we are um but it's the communication piece if people got it they would do it and so uh, i'm stoked that you're doing this and and really to me that's it and we had a pro athlete in the office yesterday i flipped you a couple photos um but yeah. somebody that flew somebody that flew in from out of state to get our care that's value so when you communicate yeah. at a high level too the values there not only do they pay for the visit but they flew in from out of state again to do my special technique which is diversified Yep. And so we had a, another discussion in relation to that, which I think might be worthwhile is you were demonstrating that brain, body, body, brain communication using reaction time. And with this guy, we, you were using more of a sort of balance approach, which is an approach that I think might be worthwhile us exploring a little uh, double clicking on because oh, um, <laughs> it's, it's uh, one of those things, which I think very, very easy to leverage in practice to do balance testing as an initial part of your workup. And then you can do that later down the line and people have that experience of, wow, that kind of concept, that abstract idea of brain, body, body, brain communication becomes a, an internalized experience. It's concrete because it happened in their body. They, they have remember the experience of having crappy balance and then seeing that improvement through that super, uh, you know, advanced technique that you're using, i.e. diversified, which is what, you know, 90% of us use, right. make that brain-body communication better. So maybe how do you see balance testing fitting into it? Or, or more broadly, even how do you see creating that experience of uh, out of the testing that you're doing? So two things on that. One is I have my critics too. And even when we posted the video, it's on my Instagram. It's Dr. Glow DC. Um, you can see the comments. We'll have the we'll have the link in the cool. show notes. We, so we, that but you can look in the you can look in the comments. Like there's a couple people who said, um, well, this is exactly why you need to pre-educate people on the movement pattern. If this was really a functional movement scientific study. You would have told them what the movements were before, you know, something to the effect of, and I'm paraphrasing now, but something to the effect of you surprise them with the first couple of ball drops. That's why he was better after. Okay. To which I, I politely said, well, if you go to his Instagram, it's, uh, I think it's big play Marvin Hall. Um, you can see he does this activity every week as part of his warm up. He's hugely <laughs> familiar with it. So does that make sense? Like yeah. I've had critics too. And as popular as the video was, even from within the profession, people are like, well, if this was really a scientific, first of all, I didn't say it was scientific. Second of all, I'm illustrating something for patient education purposes. Everybody that's listening to this can do. And coincidentally, we'll get similar results, right? Like yeah. the only risk is if you have a really slow person there that can't catch the ball in time, but there's different ways you can do it. 
But to the other effect um, of this, which is the balance side of it, I'm always looking for ways to illustrate the power of the adjustment beyond the question, how do you feel? Because you and I know yeah. less than 15, less than 15% of the nerves in the body are sensory nerves. So why would you base 100% of your health on how you feel? And that's really where I take this is, look, you can't always feel what's wrong. I can, because I'm a chiropractor, but I can mitigate. I can catch it. We can do prevention. We can find things before it becomes painful. And again, the way your body's designed so intelligently that less than 15% of the nerves are sensory nerves, it's actually dangerous to base 100% of your health on how you feel because it's usually too late. So why don't we keep you fine-tuned? Why don't we keep you in tone? And so, yeah, another example would be a one-legged balance test and look at where uh, the balance is off pre-adjustment, post-adjustment. You could look at muscle fatigue and the process and then illustrate. Now, just to be clear, I don't do this every day of the week. I don't do this every adjustment. With most people, I just do one example, and that's it, because then you got a, you got a winner right there. So, um, but to be fair, there's different ways you can illustrate the power of the adjustment, and that's why you know even you and I hang out in our casual time. What we talk about and what we geek out about is communication of chiropractic. I mean, it's a, it's a yeah. huge thing that you and I have always connected on, and for hours at nauseum, sober and not sober. <laughs> We've had some yes. very that, I think some of our best ideas are not sober, which is in fact why we have to do it. I mean, I don't always yeah. want to have a glass of wine with you, but it really helps the, the conversation. It's, um, a, but, it's basically part of our service to the profession, really. That's what we do. Actually, we, we drink now yeah. that I'm, I'm thinking my wine bills should now be tax deductible now that I'm really thinking it. Like it's, I mean, the way we really, utilize it, yeah, it's brain, it's brain fuel, right? It's like, yeah. um, so the idea is just, if you can think about a way to illustrate the adjustment uh, and all seriousness, if you can think about a way to kind of personify the changes within the person, you will have a believer for a long time. You know, I stopped saying believer for life because it's an ongoing process. It's not like they're done and I don't need to care. No, you always need to, but um, that curiosity, that illustration of it, man, it's really big for mm -hmm. using, for using less words. And I think that's a, a theme maybe for people listening to this to come away specifically from this audio is the best communicators, i.e. Martin Harvey, um, we use the least amount of words, right? It's not about- Can we just double click on that? <laughs> this is yeah. awesome. Yeah, please do. Uh, but I just want, for the record, I just want to let Craig know that that's three double clicks and one call. Keep going. <laughs> yes, excellent. Yeah, no, well, sort of from, uh, and a lot of that, I guess, sort of succinctness in communication is something that I model from you in that I sort of have a tendency to kind of go down rabbit holes and segues and those sort of things because, you know, my brain's connecting these ideas. But the real clarity comes when you compress that into just what's the simplest way. And like you know, those terms of phrase, just in that little bit that you were talking about there, you know, 15% of your nervous system's sensory, 100%, it's crazy to make uh, that the driver of 100% of your health decisions. You look at that and you go, there's a, there's a compressed wisdom in that that is uh, really powerful because it's such a short chunk. It's a sound bite rather than people trying to remember a whole uh, essay. Yeah. And, and that's it. We don't often have times for an essay. And, and this audio series is really about wisdom. But just to be clear, yeah. uh, what we can define that word wisdom is, is wise and dumb. 
And coincidentally, I have both for you today. So, you know, we'll share some really wise things, which I do well, and some really dumb things, which I've done plenty of. And, and I learn from those and I share them too, because I guess that's what wisdom is. It means we have experience in this category and we do things right and we do things wrong. And I could go into a whole diatribe of how many hours of education chiropractors get and how many hours of education a medical doctor gets. And here's the musculoskeletal. And, or we could just say, it's like comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. And people go, oh, yeah. I get it. Two different things. Yeah, it's kind of like that. You know, and so yeah. that's the true value of knowing how to communicate. Uh, when you talk about us and them, it's like apples and oranges. Oh, got it, yeah. Doc. No yeah. big deal. And that, my friends, is the is the preference going forwards. Less is more. It's addition by subtraction. I also think another thing, if I can just add in one more double click on that idea of apples versus oranges versus going into some sort of defense of your profession is that confident people know what they need to actually address. And so you're a master at addressing a lot of issues, but not addressing them, essentially saying, you know, what's the, what's the difference between chiropractors and medical doctors, which if you have that lack of self-esteem in or lack of esteem in your profession, you see as an attack on you that, you know, you're somehow deficient and I need to, almost sort of push back and show how the the credibility of chiropractic whereas your confidence in it means you can sort of just look at it as a non-issue yeah they're just different things apples and oranges which then has bound into it a confidence so you, you come across as more credible because you're choosing not to engage about something yeah I, I would highlight to the listeners objections versus complaints Mm -hmm. uh, a good example is table talk. You know, someone says, doc, I've been here nine times. And my neck still hurts. Now they didn't mention it's 80% better and it's 20% still hurts, but they just said, I've been here nine times. And my neck still hurts. And some of my favorite table talk and, and right out of this call, people can use this if they're listening, driving to the practice. If you're listening, yeah. driving to your office, we just say, well, that's why you're on a plan. Mm -hmm. See you Wednesday. Yeah. You know, that's why you're yeah. on a plan. See you Tuesday. In other words, I don't need to address every complaint because it's just a complaint, which is different than an objection. An objection would be, Doc, my neck hurts so bad. I think I'm going to discontinue care because I'm not noticing any improvement. And I don't think this is working. I'm not sure I'm going to keep my scheduled appointments. Okay, now that's an objection. It needs my attention. However, a complaint is, it's hot outside. Yeah, it is. I believe you. Yeah. I don't know. What, yeah. what do you want me to do about it? It's hot. Like yeah. get a fan, get some air conditioning. I don't know. You know, like it's the same thing as a chiropractor. And I think you point this out in a really healthy way because um, it's the economy of energy and chiropractors have to be smart about what they spend their energy on. And the truth is for me to say, well, that's why you're on a plan, which would also imply you have to be on a care plan. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but also it allows you this ability to not have to address everything that is a complaint. A complaint doesn't always need objection management. An objection needs objection management. Objection management. So yeah. as you as you get further along in practice and you develop your own wisdom, um, it's much easier to just dismiss comments that don't need to be defended. Uh, you don't need to be uh, in a position of defensible quotes and quips because sometimes you just sound like a chiropractic smartass. Um, but the truth is understanding communication, you would know the difference of an objection and a complaint and where you got to put your energy and also what's going to help your retention. Because the truth yeah. is that's why you're on a plan means we anticipated this. 
that, and I'll give yeah. you another soundbite that you can use is, um, well, that's what I expected. That's great yeah. for table tech. Yeah, my neck still hurts. It's been four times. That's what I expected, which is why we've got you set for, you know, three times a week for the next few weeks. Anyway, this is what we expected. See you Wednesday. I'm yeah. done. No, no energy wasted, you know, and the, those are really tangible skills that people could come out of here with that uh, I wish more chiropractors knew. So actually, that's probably a really interesting segue. So uh, I know you're coming out to Australia for the Innate Summit in, hang on, when's that? That's uh, May, isn't it? Um, end of and then, May. Yeah. End of May. Edinburgh, and then Edinburgh Lectures in uh, early June. And uh, you're coming back out to Australia for another elements of opening. So if people are wanting to learn kind of more of these strategies in a, I guess, a more uh complete package then that's kind of opportunities to dive deeper with this you've been doing this teaching characters for a long period of time and we've often discussed that there are some people who take it and run with it you know they 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 are on the way to the office and then they go all right well today i'm going to implement that approach that, that table talks su suggestion that you just made uh and then there's people who seem to sort of come in and, as Patrick Gentempo would say, have the jacuzzi experience of mm -hmm. they, you know, they enjoy the weekend, but not much changes. And you see the difference in terms of their practice. And so what do you see the difference in why different people get different results when they're using kind of the same approach or they're at least immersed in the same experience at a seminar or a workshop? So part of the reason of coming to Australia um, and teaching this live in July is the experience. I mean, it really brings this conversation full circle. Could we have done a video training? Could we put it online? Yeah, but it is definitely um, secondary or tertiary. I mean, it's it's way further down the totem pole as far as influencing the attendees than if I'm there live. We get you up, you make your role play. You go through what I made look easy at the front of the room, and then you take your first run at it. And my really best um, kind of context for those weekends is fail faster. So we allow a safe space for people to make the mistakes, which you're going to need to make. You, you need to get it out of the way. So a big part of the success in the way we teach it is I'll come live and I'll take the effort to do that because it's better for the results of the attendees. I care about your results. And when you can role play it and get tongue tied and then ask a question and we answer it and then give you a different example, and then you get to role play it again. Well, now you own that segment of what we're going through. And we kind of break it into templates. You know, it's not fully scripted um, in the sense that you have to say every word, but you understand the concepts and the templates to make it your own. And to me, that's super appealing in the sense that um, the people that come out of it, we kind of don't let you not engage with the material, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like when you're there, you're yeah. going to go through the full experience. You know, you mentioned me speaking at the Innate Summit. That's at the end of May. And I think it's a week later, two weeks later, I'll be speaking for the Edinburgh lectures up in Scotland. So it's not for convenience that I scheduled back-to-back -back weekends in opposite ends of the world, right? Like I'm pretty much going to go LA to, you know, Brisbane, Brisbane through somewhere in Asia up to Scotland, which coincidentally isn't a direct flight. That'll be a connection through London. And then from Scotland back to LA, I will really circumvent the globe 24,000 yeah. miles in the course of about 17 days. For which those are events that, you know, we, I travel on my own dime. We're, we're giving back to the profession, which I know you've done for many, many years. Um, 
these are the hard, these are the hard miles and the hard work and, and, but it matters because the people that fully engage, get the results and the people that are passive and just want to hear it or see it, you won't get the same results. You, you have, this is how important our conversation is today is you as the learner have to experience it. You as the teacher have to find opportunities to have your patients experience it. The, the whole theme here is experience wins, you know, and, yeah. and to me, that's really what it's about is getting creative to create experiences and, and uh, being able to do this in a workshop setting, I think is huge. Yeah. So I think a couple of really interesting ideas there in terms of that failing faster and is um, that if you look at high performance and you look at the literature around what it takes to be world-class at anything, um, it requires a couple of things. First of all, it requires repetition. You've got that idea of 10,000 hours. So, you know, I would say that you've had your 10,000 hours in communicating about chiropractic several hundred times over. Like you've just spoken a lot about chiropractic to a lot of different people. And, you know, I'm, I'm not accusing you of this, but, you know, you and I have both put our foot in our mouth a lot of times. So For we've sure. had that failure. And so there's those, there's that repetition. Some of what you do won't work well and you get feedback on that. And so sometimes that feedback is fabulous. You know, people love what you tell them and that resonates with them. And if you just focus on that, you feel good, but you got to focus on the other part where that didn't go well. What can I learn from that? So I get the feedback that then loops back to better skill. Yeah. Fail faster. And the second half of that equation is fall forwards. So you're going to make mistakes. It's inevitable. Let me save you the mystery. Just make progress as you do so. Fail faster, but fall forwards, meaning yeah, I got some negative feedback. Don't defend it. Don't get sensitive about it. Go to the pain and go, why was that uncomfortable? Why did I not like hearing that? Where is the truth in this? And what they said was this, and they didn't understand that. And, and just be better, just choose to be better. And that, and that to me has always been a theme is I'm not in competition with anybody else in the profession. Um, if I were to golf and be out there with Phil Mickelson, I got no business worrying about how he's shooting because I'm not in that category. I just need to be better than I played last week. And, and that's the golf game I need to focus on is Brad's golf game not Phil Mickelson. It's the same thing in chiropractic. If you can take sound bites from what Martin and I are sharing, be better for yourself. Don't compare yourself to us. Um, and understand we've probably made, you know, the master has made 10 times the mistakes before the uh, beginners even started. It's, it's, it's yeah. along those similar concepts. So um, I think that's super important. I don't have an unblemished record. I'm not undefeated. I don't go without bad days. You know, I think my worst health talk is when I closed it and talked to an elderly audience about making them feel younger and having a lot more youth. And I found a way to say, I can euthanize you. And, and that didn't go well. You know, it was just like, I walked out and my team was like, all right, Kevorkian, like nobody signed up. I'm like, yeah, no wonder. I was like, come on in, we'll euthanize you. I'm like, I, I thought that was funny. They're like, no, do you realize what you said? So yeah, like I've, I've done it wrong on a live mic and um look nobody gets hurt you know the idea is fail faster fall forwards and, and just make those changes it's another thing that i think is really interesting in the way that you've described that brad is that there's this a lot of people are and you know maybe they're more sensitive or they're just more concerned about what people think but they they find that thought of people not 
liking them or, or you know, things not going well, they find that really sort of uncomfortable and paralyzing. And I think what's embedded in what you've said there is really that the perspective that you have around it determines whether you, nobody likes to have things go poorly. Nobody likes to have somebody tell you that what you're saying is bullshit or whatever. It doesn't feel good. The framing that you put around it that's implied in what you said there is what I think makes it different, which is in the in the positive psychology literature, when they're talking about post-traumatic growth, they essentially say that the, the biggest determinant of whether something will that's unpleasant will help you grow out of it or be paralyzed with it is the framing that you put around it. And if it's something that you think you will learn from or something that will allow you to do better in the future, that's what post-traumatic growth is. Now, I'm not implying that somebody saying that your help talk was a piece of shit is traumatic, but some people think it is. And really the, I think that the brilliance that you put in there is the failing forward piece is really about a much more succinct way than what I'm doing of saying, yeah, I'm going to fail, but I'm going to use it as, a, as an opportunity to learn. And if that's what it is, then it actually can start to feel good to, to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. And, and look, we can teach a weekend workshop and I can have docs go back to the practice and quantify the numbers. Uh, they can quantify the profitability. They can quantify the visits. They can like statistically numbers go up when they've done a two-day workshop. And so with that comes confidence as a teacher in practice. I know that we're going to see changes, whether we're doing balance testing, we're doing one-legged stands. It could be pre and post motion studies on an x-ray. Like I, I've seen it for years now that like, I know it's affecting people in many different ways. However, you choose to practice and whether you're running scans or balance or posture evaluations or whatever it is, you know, um, you'll see it. And then it's to the point at which you just got to package it and put it in front of more people because they need the care. Right. And, and I think if you take yourself out of the equation and you make it about them, then you can't get rejected. And a big part of this for me is, you know, you and I talk a lot about pre-framing and post-framing and that whole video we were talking about the NFL player, it requires an adequate pre-frame. I need to explain it to him. Then in between is the adjustment. And then you post frame. too many chiropractors skip any kind of a pre-frame and education and just want to post frame. And it is way less effective statistically, experientially. It just, it isn't the same. You've missed your opportunity. So you have to pre-frame it and then post-framing it, you'll see it. But part of it for me is like pre-framing the idea of what's about to happen. And then when it happens, it really builds confidence for the person experiencing it. And for a lot of what we teach, even like going back to the health talks comment, I've always taught chiropractors communicate with the words you and your. Those are the two most influential words. And somewhere along the way, we got kind of off track in my mind and we thought it was about me in my story and here's my story brand and here's what I need to do. And I strongly disagree with that. The most uh, influential words are you and your and the person that they want to hear about is themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. And so if it's not about you and you're really trying to make everything about helping them, if they say no, they've just said no to self-improvement. If it's yeah. about me and my personal story and how I do things. And now they say no, well, now they're saying no to me and my story and my procedures and it's very personal so part of yeah. how i teach i think that's maybe not been discussed honestly other than this call um is that there's a huge advantage mm -hmm. to not making it about yourself contrary to what's being taught other places in our profession if it is about them 
and their own journey and they say no to self-improvement, they haven't said no to me, which doesn't mean I'm a callous bastard and I'm callous and I don't care about. No, actually, I'm really sensitive so much so that I will position it for themselves. And they're just saying no to their own growth. Well, if you yeah. don't want to help yourself, I can't care more than you care. And, and final soundbite I'll, I'll give on this is high intentions, low attachment is one of the most important things I can give to your listeners to avoid burnout. Have high intentions okay. for your practice members, your clients, your patients, whatever you want to call them, have high intentions, but low attachment. If they say no and you do the communication right, they're saying no to self-improvement. They're not yeah. saying no to you. So yeah. in the way we teach it, you don't need a story. You don't need to have uh, a lot of the things that we convolute it with. Just keep it simple, keep it concise. And to me, apples and oranges, baby. One last thing that I reckon that, that I think is important to link together there. You spoke earlier about that value of succinctness in communication, that clarity comes with that compressed message. And one of the things that I see when I'm working with chiropractors is that often if they are in that space of it's about me and I don't want to be rejected is that they do, they give recommendations or they, or they communicate in such a vague way that it's almost like somebody can't say no to it where they'll say, look, I think what we probably need to do is, you know, you've got this stuff going on. And I think maybe if we do some adjustments over a period of time, that that will probably help you get back. So, you know, let's maybe just get started and see how we go and we'll kind of tweak it as we go. And you look at that and yeah, nobody says no to it, but equally, if you've given a recommendation that's so vague and convoluted that nobody can say no to it. But it also means they can't say yes to it. And I think yeah, what yeah. you're... It's coming out of a fear of rejection and it lacks substance. Yeah. yeah right. I mean, absolutely. that's really what you're saying is like, let's get started and then we'll go. It's like, they're almost afraid to lay out a plan because again, they don't want to be rejected. And if you do it that way, um, unfortunately, people go, so what's the roadmap? Like, what yeah. am I, I, I'm good for this week, but then we'll see how it goes. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just think pay as you go. They rarely pay. They always go, um, yeah. you know, pay per visit kind of a thing is like, you know, there isn't a plan, so there isn't going to be results. And, and to me, it's just, it's just too messy. It becomes a lot of energy from the doctor. If you can make it about them, you can never be rejected. And ultimately not wanting to make a recommendation in my experience, what I've seen is because chiropractors just don't want to be rejected. They don't want to put out a plan because they might get rejected. It's not about you. It's all about them. And the truth is, if there is no plan more to your point, they don't even know what they're saying yes to. So even if you get like a shy yes, they haven't fully committed because you you didn't have the courage to put out a concrete pl plan. Look, it goes back to what BJ Palmer said, who can anchor to an unanchored mind? Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah, powerful, powerful statement. So Brad, if people want to connect with you, we're going to have the link to the Instagram story in the um, show notes. We'll have a link to um, the uh, Level Up mentoring website where people can learn more about elements of opening um, anywhere else that people should be connecting with you i mean instagram is uh at dr glow dc um yeah. and that's where that video is that we were referencing 
And like I said, these workshops that we teach, it is fundamentally about the person sitting with you. It's not about you. There's some intangibles there where, you know, like the elements workshop, it's a day one and a, and a report of findings workshop, but it's really all about them and what motivates them and what's going to get them excited. And if they say no to it, they're just saying no to self-improvement. Part of why I like teaching this workshop is profitability will go up. And I know culturally in some countries, that's it's not a thing to be discussed, but look, the definition of a business is you are turning a profit. If not, you're running a nonprofit. And I don't know anybody on this call that wants to do that. So if we're running businesses, you need to be profitable in order to do it for longevity. And we've got to eliminate the burnout and some of the resistance, which means we can teach it in a way that it isn't going to hurt your ego. It isn't going to create sensitivities. That's going to be one of the best things people could have ever done. I, I guarantee it. It's just the workshops we teach are just super fun. And that's why I get on a plane. We could do it on video. We could do something like this, but it isn't as impactful as when they get involved, your practice will change Monday. So yeah, I'll be back in July for that workshop. That's awesome. So thanks again for joining us on Under the Influence for uh, number two. Um, super appreciate you taking your time. I know you're uh, super busy. You're flying around the world. You're contributing to chiropractic, both with your time, your energy, and you support a lot of uh, important institutions in chiropractic financially at a level that most people have no idea the level that you contribute. So Thanks for uh, all that you do for chiropractic and thanks for sharing some really powerful ideas with the audience this week. Well, that's, that's what I get from you, buddy. We wouldn't have met if I wasn't traveling in those circles and doing things for the profession. You're on the same boards and on the same mission and uh, that's why it's always good to spend time and energy with you. So thanks for sharing this stuff with the listeners. I mean, this could be a paid for subscription service. I know how good your content is. So uh, for the listeners out there, keep sharing it with your friends. And, and I would say most importantly, maybe in Australia is share it with the chiropractic students. Those are your future colleagues. And the more people that understand this, we can start working together more uh, instead of working against each other. So keep up the good work, my brother. And uh, anytime you need me, you know, I'll help out. I love what we do. And 8th and 9th of July, I'll be there to teach in Australia and Brisbane. I think we're going to be July 8th and 9th. And then after that or before that, I'd love to hook up with you. And uh, we will continue our um, our brain fluid of, of wine and beers, if that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm up for it. It's right selfless, on. but you know, yeah. Yeah, that's what we do. Good stuff. If you like today's episode, then you will love the Retention Recipe 2.0. It's an online workshop that is broken into 33 lessons and has over seven hours of content, which will teach you to confidently communicate the value of proactive chiropractic in the first 12 visits. So if we want to have long-term retention, if we want people to stay with us for months, years, and reap the really amazing health benefits that happen with long-term chiropractic care, we need to set the foundation for that in the first 12 visits. So the approaches in the retention recipe 2.0 are based on state-of-the-art influence strategies that are effective, ethical, and they're enjoyable to use. They will help you to have more fun, less stress, and increase your retention, which means more practice growth and less always being on the hunt for new people. Check it out in the link in the show notes.